0: Okay. what's hot in the strip clubs your host the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the exotic dancer publications DJ of the year award Danny Myers and Alan Fong
1: Hey, hey, just Danny Myers with us today. We are doing an episode of Behind the Curtain of What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on Pantheon Podcast Network. So, I say my name is Danny Myers, and on this particular series, Behind the Curtain, either Alon Fong or myself get a chance to talk to some of the most interesting people in the adult club business, either in it now or have been in it. And I'm going to was kind of like re-watching some of these old VH1 Where Are They Now shows, you know? And all of a sudden, this guy came up uh, on my Facebook feed, and, you know, I mean, they got that Don Ackes commercial for the most interesting man in the world. No, I've got the most interesting man in the world right now with me. His name is Tony Batman. How are you, Tony? Hey, what's going on, man? I don't know about the most interesting
2: man in the world, but uh,
1: I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah. Well, your real name is Anthony Pasillo, and uh, you you always went by Tony Batman back when you DJed in the adult club business. And just to give you guys a little heads up on him, he is uh, he's an original panda, which uh, for those of you who know me, No Panda is Professional Adult Nightclub DJ Association. Um, he's a former podcaster. He used to host the Nudes of Poppin', which we're going to talk about that. Uh, he hosted the Exotic Dancer Invitationals, which I am now doing now, and he's, he hosted the uh, Exotic Dancer Awards show, which I am doing now. He was the DJ of the year in 2014, and he has spent time in the adult uh, film industry, uh, promoting, etc. We're going to find out a lot about that and what he's doing now. But first of all, Tony, thanks for taking time out of your day to come on and talk to me. Well, thanks for
2: having me on. I, I did notice your uh, your posts all over there. I see you pop up everywhere for me, so I... I had to get to talk to you, and uh, I I love all
1: my uh, panda brothers still. So it, it's great to be here and be able to talk to them still. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're still in the uh, in the panda Facebook group, which is awesome. And for a lot of the newer ones, they're like, okay, so who is this Tony Batman guy? Let me tell you, he is a legends legend. Okay, when I first got into panda, I think it was like 2013. I think it was. Uh, that's right when Facebook started becoming big and uh, the Facebook group for Panda started and you had to be invited in, you know, and, and I saw this group of strip club DJs called Panda and I said, I wonder what this is about and I, all I know is like there were two names that I always heard, maybe three names that I always heard about the legends of the DJ world it was uh, you, tony batman uh, Michael DeSuno, DJ Platypus, and of course, Bobby Mack, who unfortunately is not with us anymore. Those were like the three big names that I got to hear all the time. And then I remember, this is a great story. I went to my first ED Expo in Las Vegas, and that was in 2013. And I, I, you're probably not going to remember this, but I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm walking into this thinking I'm just some small-town DJ in Dayton, Ohio. And these guys have, like, worked all over the country, the world, and this and that. They're just going to look at me like I'm some little pissant, you know, and expecting that. And I met you, you were having dinner with uh, Platt and Gonzo and a bunch of people, most of the Panda board at the time. And I remember getting a chance to meet you. Fry introduced me to you. And, I, and you stood up, and I'm like, oh, God, he's going to say I'm interrupting his dinner. No, you stopped eating. You took so much time to talk to me and welcome me and ask me my story that, I mean, ever since then, it was just like one of the most humbling things that Tony Batman was real. I mean, you were asking questions, and you were really listening. So that's my story about meeting you at a restaurant at Expo. Well, that is so cool. Think about it. If, you, if you're
2: going to be in a brotherhood, doesn't everybody have to be treated as a brother yes I mean, it doesn't matter uh you know where the hierarchy lands or anything like that i mean if you're in a brotherhood you're in a brotherhood and i love people in general so uh i always love to hear everybody's story that's that's the best part of traveling the country for me is i get to interact with a different set of people every week and i get to hear everybody's story and i, I feel like that just knowing everyone else's stories like enhances my life a little bit more. Hmm. So uh so I, I thank you for coming up and, and uh being there that day.
1: Yeah, that was so cool. Cause I didn't know what to expect. You know, I said, I don't know, you know, I, I you know, everybody there's a stereotype of uh of a DJ or the impression that everybody has of a DJ, stripped right. DJ of being a super egomaniac. And the one thing that I have learned is that the guy? The, the better DJs have no ego. It's only the guys that like, that <laughs> I, you know, that have been doing a, it. Yeah,
2: that's a funny story because because I'm now a Zen Buddhist, which is uh, uh, the most of the teaching is to try to get rid of your ego and just uh, just be for the day, and everyone really? is sort of equal. So it's it's funny that uh, that's the perception of of a lot of the uh, the DJ work, but also i learned this story in la when I, I moved out to la and i started doing red carpet interviews for the adult industry mm-hmm. because that uh i found a producer out there that i became friends with and he had this whole network of cameramen and everything like that and he found me on this place called Sex radio mm. now back in the day Sex radio was uh I'm going to say the original, uh, adult themed podcast station, but it was a, it was a real radio station, but it was internet based, okay. which is way ahead of its, way ahead of its time. Uh, to tell you how crazy it was, a, a, the general manager of the place was his na- a guy named Wankus. Wankus? <laughs> Wankus. <laughs> so, but I do remember like whenever you went out to LA from, uh, other parts of the country, which... You know, uh, if you're going to be in the adult film industry, you have to go out there and at least meet everybody and and, and sort of get in that gang. And I remember going out there and uh, as a club DJ from the East Coast, from Florida, Mm -hmm. and I can't remember exactly how they said it, but it was there was a lot of resistance Mm -hmm. uh, when you uh, when you move around. And I said, well, I'm pretty popular on the east coast and they say well you're in la now and you uh you are nothing here <laughs> <laughs> wow but this guy wankus uh, liked me and maybe it's just uh maybe it's just one of those paying your dues kind of things and he said i'll give you a job running the board you could switch back and forth between microphones and everything and You could run my show. You could like to be the producer of my show, and that'll get you in the door of this k radio. And uh, boy, was my pride hurt at the time. (laughs) I mean, probably everybody listening that that works in the entertainment business has this this gusto about them where you think, you know, I I could go anywhere and do this. This Mm -hmm. this is going to be great. But you move around the country where it's not your home, your home turf, and it's a little bit harder. Yes, because you don't have you don't have that hometown cheering crowd that you have at your own club or in your own uh, in your own backyard. So uh, you have to start over again sometimes. So it all worked out great. I ended up having two radio shows on KX, and uh, I had I had a really good time there. But we were uh, podcasters before podcasts were podcasts. Yes. It was it was it was called uh it, that was I can't remember exactly what we called it. Like uh it wasn't called internet radio either. It was called something else before mm-hmm. then. Huh. But but that's that's uh that that's how I got to get into that adult side uh of the uh where they
1: do the movies. Yeah.
2: And and lucky for me. I ended up in a few of them, a handful of them, which uh, which I will not tell you what my name
1: was, so you cannot look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever find these. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, you know the humbling story about starting over is kind of like as a strip club DJ, you go to a new market and they go, "Um, yeah, you're not bad. You could do day shift." So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanna, I want, that- yeah, I wanna take you back to uh, to 2014. Um, you were nominated for the Exotic Dancer publication, which is kind of like the Billboard magazine uh, for the industry, the top industry publication. They have every year the DJ of the year, and you were nominated in 2014. I was nominated in 2014. You beat me. You won. There was some controversy that year because you DJ differently than the other nine contestants you're not actually you were not at the time actually a music DJ you are a voice you are a true MC. So what was that like in and going through everybody trying to and for the record I did not say anything negative about you not being a DJ so <laughs> no I was proud I was proud just to be named in this thing but uh, yeah it um, what was what was that like uh, being I guess uh, what was it like winning and then what was it like with the controversy of people uh sending you hate mail because I remember you telling me you got hate mail. Well, thank you for not uh thank you for not sending the hate mail. <laughs> but
2: uh when that first started the uh they didn't even have that award for a long time. Yeah. And then it and and then uh everyone lobbied to get it onto the ballot and and it worked and I never won because I was never at a club Uh, and I was a traveling DJ MC at the time already. I had already uh, left my club where I spent uh, probably the first eight years of my career with the Deja Vu Hustler chain. Okay. And uh, I started out in Tampa there and- I don't believe that I don't remember when the uh DJ of the year started at the ED awards, but we were discussing it as to what is a strip club DJ and what is the award based on? Mm-hmm. Is it is it based on having the best music list, being in the biggest club, making the most money for your club? Uh having you know being the wittiest DJ out there. And if you, and if it, that is part of it, then wouldn't MC be part of it as well. Mm -hmm. So again, we lobbied the, uh, the powers that be at ED as to like, well, maybe we shouldn't be more uh, inclusive of all the different parts that uh, a show would do Mm -hmm. because uh, in the, in the feature industry, they have different sections for, you know, best show, newcomer, you know, entertainer of the year, things like that. And and as you know, if you now you host them, but if anybody's ever been to one of the uh, uh, like EDIs or whatever, you know that there's so many different categories that uh, an entertainer can excel in. And we thought maybe that the DJ of the year should have that type of uh, uh, expansion and re- reach as well so uh they changed that the year the year before that came out and i got nominated for that and i won that one mm-hmm. based on my stage and uh somewhat booth speaking skills so that was the and then of course a lot of people don't like change mm-hmm. so <laughs> Then there, I got a lot of uh, a lot of hate mail about, well, you know, you don't really even sit in the booth anymore <laughs> at a club. So, well, the, the business is expanding to uh, a lot of new heights and we have to go forward with it. And, and I was that that first one. So I don't know if they I've been away for a while, probably about five to seven years, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but I don't know if they still call that award
1: the DJ MC of the year award. Um, I Do think they? That, um, hang on. I'll look at my, I'll look at mine. Hold on. Look at, look at your trophy and tell me. No. Danny has his trophy close. I'm, so you know, <laughs> there was not much silence in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's DJ <laughs> of the year. I, uh, I took it in 2017. Uh, it's just DJ of the year. They took MC off. But um, but I mean, speaking of your MC, and you used to have uh, a a crew of four feature performers called the A team, and it was oh my uh, god, what so, a good time that was! Yeah, you had four the travel, and you actually were their MC. It was Christina Agucci who uh, is now in the um, Exotic Dancer Hall of Fame. By the way, she uh got Excellent. she got put in there. Uh, Simone Dane illustrious uh let's see phoenix fires who i just saw two weeks ago she's doing amazing she's back to featuring again and i've uh, seen in, her i've seen her out there and Lacey rain lacy well. rain of course yeah um so what was what was that like i know the four girls and you all went to one club it was um was it off no. one of the ones in the northeast corner of the state of the country one of the craziest weekends i've probably ever had
2: at a club uh and are you Speaking of
1: Long Island, New York. I think that's where it was. I wanted to go to it so bad, but I didn't make it. I'm, I'm trying to remember.
2: It was very hard to get all five of us in one club at one time. But this gentleman was very persuasive. And uh, he threw out some big checks. And and, uh, and we made awesome. that happen. It, it, the name of the club is escaping me right now, which is horrible. I mean... But that was like 10 years ago, I think. Yes. But <laughs> a lot's happened since then. But I remember they took us to Peter Luger's Steakhouse during the event mm-hmm. and let us just do whatever we wanted there. Huh. And it was it was amazing. We had a ton of fun. The A Entertainment was a, a company that I started to do PR for myself and for any girls. That were in the industry and then it just rolled into a uh, a, a gigantic media thing where uh, if any event was going on or anything like that, we would cover it and I ended up having a bunch of photographers come with me as well. And we had a crew of, of features, we had a crew of photographers and we did a we did a story before and a story after and a, a lot of people don't understand. The amount of preparation and then uh, post-op work for the PR that happens for these events uh, each weekend to to make them as successful as they are. I think we did a lot of that. I don't know if we were first in doing that, but uh, it it really took off and it, it and it really worked out well. At one point, that website was. Uh, up there in the top 20 with like Hustler and Playboy on, wow, uh, on hits on the internet. Mm-hmm. Because if, uh, if you're in the adult industry or you're in the, uh, uh, the adult movie industry or the adult club industry, most likely we were at your event that weekend or somebody a uh, designated was, and we were, uh, we had pictures and a story to go with it. So at one point we were the, we were
1: really out there. Having a great time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I worked with, uh, I'll, I'm going to take you back. I don't even know the year. I keep trying to put years on stuff, but I don't remember the year. But I remember working a, a show with Lacey Rain, and we were talking about you. And I said, what is so good about Tony Batman, why people would actually fly him out and have him emcee the event? And she showed me a video clip of uh, one of the shows. It might even have been that show where the, four of, uh, the five of you were together. And I got to hear your intro when you were introing these girls. And it's like, that's why. Because, I mean, you you have got, I mean, you are an announcer. You definitely can hype a crowd. And when you were saying their name, I can always remember there was this like this growl in your voice, you know, Lacey Ray, you know, but not puke. Kind of, but but it was a growl. Right, it was so right, much right. energy.
2: No, nobody likes nobody likes to puke voice. <laughs> no, no.
1: And then I remember getting to see you. You emceed uh, the first one that I judged. I did. I one of the EDIs. I can't remember which one it was, but you emceed one of the EDIs that I got to uh, go to, and that's when I said, I, "I think I mainly went just to see you, just to hear you work, not for the girls." Now that might be a little weird, but uh, no, no, that's cool to hear. That's yeah. Uh, was that the one that was in Denver? Was it? A, uh, was that Denver, the four twenty week. Yeah, it was when four twenty. Oh my god, was that? A oh great my god, weekend. yeah. That's when it was. Yeah, and you were up on stage, and you got to emcee that. And uh, and I, said, I I remember sitting back there going, "God, how cool would that be to emcee." and edi and guess what i just did my first one three weeks ago (laughs) and there you are i I seen you and i I love those shoes by the way oh my panda shoes very cool (laughs) so we're here with uh with tony batman In, in my opinion one of the most interesting men in the world we're talking to him um I want to talk to you a little bit more in just a second. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about uh, the music of today and uh, some of your all-time favorite music. So don't you guys go anywhere. We're going to be back with part two of this interview in one second. So we're back. What's hot in the strip clubs, a little behind the curtain podcast? I'm Danny Myers. I'm here with Tony Batman or uh Anthony Pusello. Do you does anybody still call you Tony Batman? Yes. Yeah, so I'm I still am on the mic
2: uh in the sort of the mainstream world now. And I call myself Tony Batman Fusillo. Okay. So uh I I'm never not gonna be Batman. And uh that's uh it in case anybody still doesn't know if some of the the newer people or people listening don't know how I got the name Batman. It's got nothing to do with the character. Actually. It was, uh, because I was asked to work a day shift and I bitched like the whole time, the whole six hours. We did six hour shifts back then. I bitched the whole time until somebody came up and said, who the hell do you think you are? Do you, I said, well, I, I work at night. I, I need a, I need an energy, I need a crowd, I need lights and smoke and people, and, and the day shift is more of a sort of like a, a gentleman's lunch kind of thing, and it's hard for me to revert and, and change my personality to that, and they said, well, who do you think you are? You're Batman, you only get to come out at night, and it's stuck, <laughs> that's stuck for like 25 years. I never knew that story. And then I remember like I don't maybe a week or so afterwards, I came into work and this was at the Deja Vu Club in Tampa and the manager there uh, made this spat signal for me. So I was working the midnight to 6 a.m. shift mm-hmm. and I walked into the club at midnight to, to relieve the DJ from the mid shift. And all the lights went out in the whole club, and the music went off for like a few seconds, and then up on the roof, the bat signal shone. Oh, really? And he had made this bat signal out of because uh, everyone was talking about how bitchy I was. Yeah. And what a what a prissy prima <laughs> donna I was. So I mean, I made a good impression, so I mean. Good press, press, bad press doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and the name stuck. Uh, so it's stuck, and he and he he made this uh, bat signal for me. So every night for the next year or whatever, at midnight we did this changing of the thing, and it was really cool.
1: We oh. turned it into like this a little show. Very cool. Very cool. Let's talk a little music, because What's Hot in the Strip Club's podcast is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a music-based network. So they like for me to pick your brain a little bit about music. Now, music has changed quite a bit since you were doing this. Do you listen to today's music at all?
2: I do. uh, I do listen to a little bit of today's music. Uh, I'm going to say not much, and I, I like the style of music from my era. Mm -hmm. like any old person would Uh, (laughs) and i will uh, jump on that bandwagon with uh most of the old people and say well our music was better than your music but uh you know it has to progress with the times obviously Mm -hmm. so uh, i do have a, a nice top 40 list in and it's exciting now um what was grabbing me
1: the the other day was this uh AI generated song. Mhm. There's two of them out now we, with The Weeknd and Drake I is the one that's more popular.
2: Right? And
1: uh
2: I'm telling you I I couldn't tell the difference from uh from today's music. Now, I hope that live music doesn't turn into that, but I don't know. It's it, it's an odd thing. I'm still into uh I'm still into my my classic rock and roll like any uh 50 something year old man would be mhm and uh i'm i'm still into like uh my led zeppelin and leonard skinner and and things like that and i have a i have a decent following for that but it all depends on my mood and, like i like the blues and of course a, a lot of dance music a lot of edm and stuff like that that's uh that's getting a lot more mainstream than it used to be. You used to have to go to Miami just to hear that stuff mm-hmm. and now uh now anywhere in the country you could go is is really really pumping up the EDM and stuff like that we used to call it when i first started uh DJing in the clubs we called it techno mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything with a 4/4 four, four beat was called techno yes <laughs> i remember those years and then, uh, and then I was in the Central
2: Florida area, so we called it Breakbeat, mm-hmm. Breakbeat Techno. And then, you know, it was, uh, it's just different. And I listen to, a, I find myself listening to my older music uh, in the car mostly, but I, I do enjoy the uh, the music of today. I don't even think I have a favorite though.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, this is an Alon Fong question because he asks this question a lot what was the best decade of music? In your opinion, what was the best decade of music and why? For me, that would, uh, music goes off of the feeling that it gives
2: me. So uh, the emotion that it it brings up inside of me. So obviously the, the nineties were great for me. Mm -hmm. So that I'm going to, I'm going to say that. And I guess, that question is, is sort of loaded because you're you're biased <laughs> to your age and how you felt during that age. I mean, how many times do you hear, I want to hear something from the best time of my life, mm-hmm. you know, so take me back to the best time of my life. <laughs> and if that time is not mm-hmm. today, then, you know, today's music's not really going to do it for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, I'm going to say the the 90s because there was a lot of uh there was a lot of new things that came out in that decade that that gave me a different type of emotion. Dance mm-hmm. music, even country music, things like that. I believe if I remember right, there was a lot of uh that new age country that was started coming out then that became top forty popular. Mm-hmm. And uh I mean that I think is 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 my favorite because of that, which brings me back to your first question. That I'm really into this Jelly Roll guy. <laughs> I have a list of just his songs, and, and out of the modern things, uh, I really don't have a list of just just them. But uh, I mean, this. I like this Jelly Roll guy. He yeah. gives me a feeling. Yeah, he gives. I mean. Uh, is that really country or no? I mean... I I don't even know what this, I would put that as. Yeah. I, I'm going to put it down as like country, uh as like hillbilly southern hip-hop <laughs> is more... Because there's been hillbilly southern hip-hop. Ask anybody from like yeah. Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, stuff like that. I mean, Haystack, uh Bubba Sparks, things like that. I mean, this is not new. Mm-hmm. But... Hip-hop. uh He's taken it to a new level, and he's being played on the top 40 countries, and he's obviously winning awards. So uh, I guess you could say he's, like, one of my new age favorites. But okay, the 90s, because of the, the different types, like, a lot of dance music came out that I loved. Uh, the rap, hip-hop game was really strong right then. I mean, that was a lot of fun. And then um, I
1: got memories from that. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm going to say that that's my favorite decade. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about what you're doing now in just a second because you're doing some fascinating things, but i got one more music topic before I get into what you're doing now. Alon Fong and I started the uh, Strip Club Music Hall of Fame. We started it last, uh, for, for the year 2023, and we have our first inaugural class. And we wanted to be very, very clear. Um, I think when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, every year you see the nominations. It's like, you know, Carly Simon, give me a, you know, and you're seeing these right. So we, we just decided we wanted to do something more for strip clubs. So we started the first year, and the prerequisite for our Hall of Fame is the Band or Artist, had to have a uh, their first single or album 20 years prior to the year of nomination. So this year we did the 2023, so it was 2003 and beyond. We had a bunch of people submit their choices, and this year for 2023, we had Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Nine Inch Nails, Guns N' Roses, and Prince. We just opened up the uh, 2024 Strip Club Music Hall of Fame for votes now. This would be for... Artist two thousand four and beyond, so it could be eighties, seventies, nineties, up until two thousand four. Who would your pick be? Oh, oh my god, that's tough. <laughs> or pick that's, a couple. That's yeah. tough. I mean,
2: girls, girls, girls was obviously, but that's already in that's there, already right? In there so, right? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind ever, right? But yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm from the south, so. I was raised in the South, so the like, you know, like some Leonard Skinner or something like okay. that, you know. But I'm not sure that that translates much into the club, unless you work a day shift now. Well, I played the hell yeah. out
1: of Sweet Home Alabama back in. Okay. The day. Yeah. So the website, just so you can get on there and vote and everybody else, uh, it's H O F for strip club hall of dot uh we're taking submissions for the 2024 class okay now we get to get into the fun stuff what are you doing now well i
2: retired from the the club industry which i'm getting a lot of gruff about as well because if you're still going to work somewhere else is it really retiring from the other job or did you just quit change yeah change occupations So I don't, I don't know the proper term for that. I always just say I'm retired from that part of my life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but a lot of people don't like hearing that part. So like, but, uh, and I, like I said, I went and I studied for a couple of years and became a Zen Buddhist because I felt like I've accomplished so many cool things and yet There's still something more out there. There's still sort of an emptiness in me that I wanted to fill. And sometimes after you've made a bunch of money or you've done a bunch of very cool things or you've touched on a little bit of fame and that has passed or you've had it for a while, it's not it's not hollow. It's it's very rewarding and it's still very fun and it feels good to accomplish those things. But there's there's sometimes it feels like there's something more in life that you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. so i retired from the club industry after after a very long time and uh start studying become a zen buddhist and i was going to be a spiritual speaker uh for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because i figure i got another 10 12 years to work or whatever and i would uh get into that realm and come to find out, they don't really make a lot of money unless they're super famous. So <laughs> I took a job with an old friend, Charles Creighton, uh, who owns uh, Creighton Promotions, which is a, a company based out of Atlanta. And he contacted me and told me that he had just received these contracts for these uh these series of racings so there's a there's a series called IMSA racing I-M-S-A and they do uh sports car racing around the country and mm-hmm. endurance racing so and that is uh, a lot of people don't really know what that is if you're not into racing but it's more of Corvettes Porsches and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they do endurance racing uh, like the uh, the day the Rolex Daytona twenty four, which is twenty four hours of straight racing, or the Sebring uh, twelve hours, and there's also the uh, Le Mans twenty four, which is in France, which I have not been yet mm. because uh, we don't have that contract for that one particular race. But all the ones in the in the America we have, and he said, "I would like you to help me with the promotions of that." And he said, if you don't want to, if you don't want to talk on the mic anymore, if you're just retired, would you, would you like to do that? So I came and uh, I started work for him. And again, I started all over again. So I, uh, I managed the warehouse for the first year, maybe Mm -hmm. two. And I still actually help do a lot of the physical work that goes on into getting these going. Before I uh, get out there and get my MC hat on. Mm-hmm. But we do the official merchandise for all these races around the country. Uh, if you go to IndyCar race or some of the NASCAR uh, truck races or any IMSA race and you see the store out there, uh, that is that is our company. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you buy a T-shirt or a hat or you know, and things like that, it's it's. Uh, it's pretty interesting once you delve down and deep into it, like all that goes into getting your favorite souvenir t-shirt for a NASCAR race. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot that goes into that before there's merchandising and, uh, uh, I've learned this company has actually taken me with on, uh, on these office trips as well. So I've learned even more about marketing mm-hmm. through, the merchandising conventions and things like that so there's this one called asi and that's where all the manufacturers will set up booths to sell to people who are merchandisers for clothing hats uh bags duffel bags so it's super interesting again to me so i was having a good time with that and i said hey we should get some pa systems and put them out at these stores and i'll go out and interact with the crowd a little bit it'll be fun it'd be like the old days for me mm-hmm. well uh we charles agreed to that and we went uh i can't remember exactly where the first one was but we bought a a, a couple of uh big loudspeakers. uh self Self-powered speakers and I got an old microphone out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I went out there and man, it was a, it's a whole different crowd, but it was like so much fun. I mean, I had the families and kids and they were so excited to talk to me. Huh. And, uh, after that, the next season after that, during the off season, i Wrote up a whole proposal about, like, that's probably should be my whole job for the next season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a few, I think for the past year and a half now, uh, most of my job is PR and, and then talking on the mic Mm. to the crowds out at these races, which is like, I unexpectedly, it's like super fun. I mean, we do some, my latest thing is we do these cornhole boards that are custom made for each race. Mm-hmm. And I will, uh, I will go out there and challenge people while I'm on the mic. To, it's almost like I'm at a barbecue. I'm having a beer, I'm playing cornhole and I'm talking on the mic, promoting everything. Mm-hmm. So, so I've just sort of switched out the product and the place. Yeah, And I'm having, I'm having just as much fun now. And we were just in Long Beach for the Acura Grand Prix of uh, Long Beach. And they, the ticket sales were 180,000. Wow. They had 180,000 people out that possibly walked by me while mm-hmm. I was out there. you ever get to Kentucky Speedway? I don't think we've been there yet, but anything is possible. So um, I I can't stop taking pictures with people and everything, and I can't stop writing how fun it was over the weekend. So I still do that as well. It's on a website called N.com And uh, you can follow me there. My schedule is on there as well, uh, where we're going to be next. And uh, hopefully I, I get to see you guys out there somewhere. If oh. any of my Panda Brothers uh, come out, I mean, definitely stop and – and hang out with me. I'd like to take a picture with you and maybe challenge you to a game of cornhole or uh, <laughs> spin the wheel of prizes or whatever. Who knows? Uh, anything could happen.
1: That sounds good. Tony Batman, Anthony Pusillo, or Tony Batman Pusillo. Whichever name you want to go by, thank you so much for coming on, man.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great.
1: Little reminder, all of the What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcasts, including the Panty Top 20, bubbling under off the charts, Classic Remixes, Flashback Friday, Strip Club Music Hall of Fame, Behind the Curtain, and Rockin' Pod Recap can be found at What's Hot, ITSC.com.
0: Thanks for listening to What's Hot in the Strip Clubs with Danny Myers and Alan Fong, presented by Panda and Strip Joints Music. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.